Are you a mentor? Are you looking for a mentor? Do you want to know how teaching and learning from others helps us get better as individuals and as an organization? Then today's Airwaves podcast is for you. We're continuing our series on behaviors for a successful organization, and our topic is mentorship and how that empowers our workforce to learn and grow. It's all about supporting our next generation workforce so we can maintain our goal of delivering the warfighting capability the fleet needs to win at a cost we can afford. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and joining me today is Mr. Steve Critchie, Executive Director for NOC AD. We're also honored to have on our show Dr. David Illig and Dr. Linda Mullen. This mentor pair was recently awarded the FY 2021 Science, Mathematics, and Research for Transformation Smart Scholar and Mentor of the Year Award in Phase 3, Post-Service Commitment Category. This award recognizes the many successes of the scholar over all phases of the SMART program and the impact mentorship played in the scholar's SMART journey. Thank you all for being here today. Mr. Critchie, we're going to start with you. Define knowledge sharing and why it is so important to the success of individuals, teams, and organizations. And then how do you personally share knowledge in the workforce? Hey, thanks for the question, and uh, thanks for letting me be a part of this today on this uh, esteemed panel. Knowledge sharing is the sharing of knowledge, right? And uh, the, big, the big part of that, we all know things, and we all have our own personal uh, expertise and knowledge, but the big part of knowledge sharing is the sharing part. You know, it's a way of taking things individuals know, translating that information to others so that the organizational knowledge can grow. It's the rising tide raises all boats concept. The more knowledge we share, the more competitive our organization is, the more effective our organization is. Personally, I do it through mentorship and through everyday meetings. My mom was a teacher, so it's kind of in my DNA to want to share what I know with others. And so it's really about establishing a culture of transparency that you want everyone to know everything all the time, all at the same time. It's hard to do, but it's, uh, it's really a goal that, uh, that we should all aspire to. So how does knowledge sharing increase learning and productivity? And how does passing of knowledge empower employees to do their jobs more effectively and efficiently? I grew up in the um, engineering and test world where we used to use the term lessons learned. You didn't want to repeat a mistake someone else had already made. And so we use that term, lessons learned. It was really knowledge sharing before knowledge sharing was cool. It's basically the idea that you take something someone has already learned and you pass it to someone that doesn't know it yet. It's a way of accelerating the understanding of what we're doing. It also gets us to the point where we're more efficient and effective in delivering the outcomes we need to deliver. And it keeps people from having to suffer through some of the mistakes that we made as we were growing. And I think people are mostly driven to share knowledge. I think people naturally want to teach others what they know that they're already good at. So Dr. Mullen, let's talk about the SMART Scholarship Program. What benefits does it bring to the Navy? Sure, the SMART Scholarship Program is a STEM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics Scholarship for Service Program, where it provides full tuition, very generous stipend, summer internships, 
and guaranteed employment at a DOD lab or agency. So, and it's a one-for-one service commitment. So the benefit to the Navy is really, the internships is what I gain the most. And I think most folks who have smart students also benefit from. These internships provide a way for the student to get familiar with the lab, the research, the people, the lab itself, and for the lab to get to know the student. And this ensures that the student is a good fit for the lab. And once they graduate, they can use that knowledge that they gained during the summer internships and really hit the ground running when they're a full-time employee. So Dr. Illig, as we mentioned in the intro, you were awarded Smart Scholar and, and Dr. Mullen Mentor of the Year for Phase 3. Talk to us about the phases of the Smart Scholarship Program and, and kind of your personal journey through the program. Sure. So Phase 1 is whenever the uh, Smart Scholar is a college student. So um, as, as Dr. Mullen mentioned, they end up partnered with a uh, DOD lab and a DOD mentor and this helps them do projects and research that they probably wouldn't get an opportunity to do at the university without the SMART program. And that, for me personally, that's exactly what happened. I went from, I want a PhD, I have no idea what I want my PhD to be, to, oh, this internship experience was amazing and now I have a goal and I'm focused. So once the SMART Scholar graduates, then they transfer into what the program calls phase two. So they're, a new you know, entry-level employee, they're learning the ropes at whatever DOD facility they're working at, and they are paying back their, their service commitment because a smart scholarship has that service commitment aspect that uh, for every year that DOD paid for the student to be in college, DOD gets a year of their service time. So for me personally, that was a way to transition into being in the real world, not being in college anymore. So I had a lot of support in figuring out, well, how do I take what I did in college and make it even more relevant to the Navy in this case and keep it going? And then finally, that leads to phase three, where the smart scholar has paid off their time and in a perfect world is still working for the DOD and continuing to do all the great work that they laid the foundation for in the first two phases. So it sounds like this program is one that really is encouraging that knowledge sharing and and eliciting that. Tell me about your research project. So the high level is we're working on underwater optical imaging. So trying to find things in the water with lasers or other sources of light. So to kind of frame that, we often refer to a more accessible example, which is driving at night. So if you imagine you're driving on a clear night, you wanna see further down the road, you turn on your high beams, more light lets you see further. And we have the same thing happen in clear water conditions that if we wanna find things further away, we just crank up the power of, of our light source. That doesn't always work though, because again, driving at night, you know, think about, well, what if it's raining or you're in a fog? If you turn on your high beams, it actually becomes much harder to see because all the extra light your car is putting out just bounces around and basically blinds you. So we have the same challenge in murky waters, which are that particles suspended in the water, so sediment, et cetera, bounces the light around, and the more light you put out, the more of this this obstruction you have to try to see through. So 
particularly what I've been really focused on are coming up with signal processing techniques to help in that murky water condition where more light does not get the job done. You need more sophisticated ways to find, you know, is there is there something out there in the scene and we just can't see it because we can't see through this this haze underwater. So as someone who does not come from a scientific background, I can really appreciate the comparison you made between your project and something that each of us use pretty much every day. It sounds like an exciting project and one that's going to have a big impact on the capability that we provide the fleet. Speaking of that impact, how has Dr. Mullen impacted your career? Dr. Mullen has had many impacts on my career. I've been working with her since I was a graduate student, so it's it's been several years, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> So some of the biggest impacts, I would say, were just getting the practical guidance of someone that is not only an expert in the science that they're working in, but also an expert in practical applications, such as the Navy's interest in this, this technology. And having that direction and guidance to help focus my efforts, especially early on when I was a student and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and. I would say then there's there's kind of other standard things like uh, networking, the opportunities to do unique research, go to unique areas and present the work to people. And I guess the other big one is really just focusing on, okay, maybe you have a good idea, but is it a practical idea? So is it something that the, the naval enterprise can actually benefit from in the kind of work that we're trying to do? So having that voice in the back of my head of, well, is this really a good idea that we can actually do something with, or is it just a bad idea? <laughs> I think that perfectly leads into my next question. How did Dr. Mullen's mentorship contribute to the success of this project? And really, what was the most impactful thing that you learned from her? So I would say the big contributions were, again, keeping that focus on what's, what's important and what's relevant, because... In, in my personal experience in the SMART scholarship program, in graduate school, I felt like sometimes there was a little bit of a, a, a tug of war between the PhD advisor who has one perspective and the Navy mentor, Dr. Mullen, who had a different perspective. And hopefully my PhD advisor is not going to listen to this, but in my case, I'd say Dr. Mullen won the, the tug of war, that there were just there were things that I could have done, but I don't see how they would have helped in a practical naval application. And that, that really became my, my interest, is doing something practical. As far as the most impactful thing that I learned from Dr. Mullen, I would say that has to be how to present information in an accessible way. So we do a lot of things that are very in the weeds, as we like to say, that you're not always talking to people who have a PhD or many, many years of scientific experience. You need a way to get your message across that they can understand, like the, the metaphor about driving at night. I think in that response, you've told us the perfect reason behind why we need to share our knowledge across the organization is that naval experience, that scientific experience that Dr. Mullen brought to the recipe for what it's worth. But Dr. Mullen, you were selected as Mentor of the Year. Why is mentorship so important to you? So hearing things about how I impacted someone's career is, is fantastic and that, you know, is uh, really pleasing for me personally. Again, a personal story about mentorship for me, I had a, a good mentor very early in my career. Actually, before I even started my career, it was my husband. 
We went to undergraduate school together. We were lab partners. So he really got to know my strengths and weaknesses, and of course I got to know his too. But when it came time, we, we both graduated, started in the workforce. I had a goal of getting a master's degree part-time, interviewed for a position, and was offered a full-time PhD program. And he was the one who looked at me and said, you should do this. You're good at school. You enjoy learning, research. So the mentor part was that he realized my strengths even more than I could see the possibilities of of what I could do. So that, to me, would be the description of a mentor, someone who can see your potential and help guide you in the path that really maximizes the use of that potential. So if you were to tell someone what makes a really good mentor, um, because I think there's a lot of people who are wondering out there, can I be a good mentor? What would you say? So I think a good mentor really takes the time to understand the talent of their mentee. And sometimes, like in my case, I didn't really know my full talents. So understanding what their talents are and helping them match that with opportunities. Opportunities would be, of course, for the Navy, how can we best use their talents to benefit the big picture of the Navy. Another part of that big picture is to really see, both with work and professional life, that sometimes you get this tunnel vision when you're working and you can't really see where you're going and what's important and what's not important, I think a good mentor will help someone really see that big picture, especially when it comes to work life and family life balances, letting them know that it's okay that family is more important than work sometimes and they should take the time they need to do that. You know, from the, from the mentee side, looking for a good mentor is someone, perhaps someone who has a position who you respect and want to pursue that kind of career in the future so they could help you on that career path. And someone you trust, really trust is a big key with mentoring so that you can be open and honest about your dreams, your fears, your concerns, and be ready to to get an input from that mentor. That's a lot of great information. Mr. Critchie, we're going to go over to you. I know you're a mentor in the organization. What are the benefits of mentorship? From the mentor perspective, you develop strong communication skills. You develop an art for delivering honest and transparent feedback. You learn how to ask probing questions. You know, as a mentor, you really don't want to help the mentee just you don't want to deliver a direction and a solution. You want to help them solve their own problems. And so this art of asking questions and being a good listener. And I find as a mentor, I get as much or more out of being a mentor than probably the mentee does. I gain exposure to new and different perspectives, and it helps me grow my personal network across the workforce. Plus, you feel a sense of... uh, paying it forward and so in supporting another person and just by the nature of the mentor-mentee relationship, you learn things from each other. So I want to throw this next question out to the entire group. Why is mentorship key to personal and professional development? And Mr. Kirchhoff, we'll start with you. 
Well, no one, no matter where you are in the organization, I believe should feel like they're on a professional island. We all have blind spots and gaps in our background. And there are a lot of ways to illuminate those gaps and to close them through uh, workforce development things. But I tell you, having a mentor that can honestly and transparently talk to you in a safe environment about your strengths and weaknesses and opportunities that uh, you might want to pursue is really a powerful way and is really a, a big enabler for personal and professional growth. To, to add to what uh, Mr. Critchie was just saying, I think a, a big important thing for mentorship is to make the mentee feel valued, especially in a large organization such as this. You know, I, th I think if there wasn't good mentorship, sometimes people might feel like they're, they're lost at sea, so to speak. And then I think another important thing from, from more of the professional perspective is, again, that transfer of lessons learned and, and of knowledge. And then also sometimes the mentor might see capabilities in the mentee that they don't quite recognize themselves. So I, I know in my personal experience, there have been a few times I was told, hey, this training class is happening. You might want to go go do this. And uh, in one case, there was a big success that a training class actually became something I do in my work almost every week now, that I may not have taken that class if there hadn't been the little extra nudge of, you, you should probably go do this. It'll benefit you. Yeah, I think it's important to have a mentor also to have a sounding board so that you can really bounce ideas off of them. And they know you. They, they again, see that big picture and can help you decide. And, you know, there's this personal and professional development. You might have mentors for one mentor for professional, one for personal. I know in my career, there aren't many female engineers, so sometimes I'm sought out because I have a family and I've been through that balance, still, go, still doing it actually, but so I might be sought out for more of a personal development type interaction. But again, it really comes down to having somebody just there to listen to you and give you their life experiences, their career experiences. And I appreciate that you mentioned about finding a variety of mentors, not just one, to fill those facets of, of our life, professional and personally. Mr. Critchie, what can leaders do to encourage mentorship or knowledge sharing, particularly in today's hybrid work environment? So as a leader, the first thing you can do is walk the mentoring and knowledge sharing talk. Make yourself available as a mentor either through the iMentor tool or during leadership development engagements with programs like JLDP and NLDP. And all of that kind of transcends the current operating environment. I think the other thing you can do is, as a leader is set expectations for your leadership team for purposeful succession planning within the organization. Uh, developing bench strength at all levels in the organization is a fundamental leadership responsibility. I know we're embarking on a very intentional approach to talent management across all of our functional communities to evaluate the skills of our organization and the talent that we have, and then provide feedback, individual feedback, on knowledge and experience gaps and ways to close those gaps. 
And then relative to the new operating environment where we have so many more folks distributed outside of the actual workspace here on the base, I think you should leverage our teams, channels, and collaboration environments. I find the chat dialogues in virtual meetings to be a great place for people to share and brainstorm ideas that maybe wouldn't come out if you were at an in-person meeting. So you mentioned some of those tools and resources that are enabling the sharing of knowledge and mentorship across our teams and commands, but are there any others or can you go more in depth on the ones that you mentioned? The biggest thing is making sure that you understand the capabilities that we have today with our collaboration suite of tools like SharePoint and Teams and just all of the stuff that's out there and that you leverage it in a way that allows you to collaborate more effectively. There's so much out there that we do now in this virtual environment, even if it's simply collaborating on a document that you're pulling together with your team, you don't have to email back and forth. And so I find that to be a very effective way to quickly get through the collaboration process for an outcome that you're striving for. And there are other things like podcasts like this that specifically get to the value of mentorship. The Mentor of the Year program that we have in NAVAIR where we illuminate folks like Dr. Mullen who are role models in how to mentor people and the value of it. And folks like David who have an experience that really has been formative in their career that is really centered around the value of mentorship. We absolutely do have an amazing workforce full of mentors and and full of great mentees as well. So for our closing question today, I'd like to know how being a mentor or a mentee has really changed you and what you would say to encourage people to become a mentor or seek out a mentor. Mentoring really has gotten me where I am today. There is a 0% chance that I'd be where I am today without the guidance and counseling and perspectives that I've been fortunate to receive as a mentee. It guided me through decisions about applying for a branch head position in 1992, all the way up through as recent as the past six months when I was preparing to compete for this NOC AD executive director job, and I was leaning on my mentors for guidance and advice on how to prepare for that opportunity. So I just think being mentored is so valuable to career growth and personal and professional development. And then being a mentor, it's a powerful way for me personally to stay connected to the workforce in a way that transcends organizational lines and positional authorities. Having a perspective more as being someone who's been mentored and not done as much mentoring, I, I find that the being mentored has basically defined my professional career path to date. That. As I said earlier, being in college and not really knowing what I wanted to do to now, there's kind of a specialty in particular naval research that I don't see myself losing interest in that. That really was an outgrowth of the the professional mentoring and kind of the 
the right pushes and nudges to get me excited about that. And then also at this point in my career, starting to think about what can I do to mentor other people and kind of pay that back. All the help that I got, I'm beginning to realize I need to help pass that on to other people. Dr. Mullen, you want to close this out today? Like Mr. Critchie, without good mentoring early in my career especially, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am either. So somebody pushing you along and saying, here's an opportunity, go pursue it, you're good at that, is really important. And then being a mentor, satisfaction in knowing I can help someone recognize their potential and their talents and help them see the career path that will give them the most fulfillment in their career. And Admiral Levin has a great little phrase at the end of all of his emails. He says, be passionate, be committed, and care. And I think if you can help someone find passion in their career, they will automatically be committed and they will care about their work. Absolutely. So you've heard it here. Find a mentor, be a mentor, share your knowledge across our workforce so that we can get better, not just as individuals, but as an organization. Thank you so much, all of you, for being here today and and sharing your knowledge and lessons learned and your reasons behind being a mentor. Of course, you can learn more about the Smart Scholarship by visiting www.smartscholarship.org. And you can hear more great examples of behaviors of a successful organization by checking out more episodes of the Airways podcast on all your favorite listening apps. And that's it for this edition of Airways. Thanks for listening.